Welcome one, welcome all to a new episode of Modern Day Atheism. I am, of course, your host, Mr. Atheist, aka Jimmy Snow. And with me today, I think I think we're just gonna jump in. I don't I can't think of any announcements I have or anything there. So we're gonna jump straight to introducing my guest for today. You might remember last week we had Samantha from Zelf on the Shelf. Well, this week we have her counterpart, her other half. The, the lovely and wonderful Tanner from Zelf on the Shelf. Tanner, why don't you introduce yourself, but also maybe turn down the volume on your computer a little bit as I'm hearing myself from time to time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, my name is Tanner. I'm the uh, the shelf portion of Zelf on the Shelf, like the supporting role. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cute, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was Mormon growing up, just like you. That's and, true. Uh, I don't know what more you want to hear from me. And whatever your heart tells you, uh, they can be found on YouTube. Their channel is called Zelf on the Shelf, and on Twitter at Zelf on the Shelf, Instagram Zelf on the Shelf. Anywhere else they should know to find you? Obviously, ZelfOnTheShelf.com, which is where a lot of people were first, I think, exposed to you. Yep. Um, we've also got you know a Grinder account at Zelf, Zelf on the Shelf. On, uh, Zelf off the shelf. Mm -hmm. It is up on all platforms. Pornhub, Zelf on the Shelf. That's Pornhub. where I yeah, was yeah, first yeah. exposed to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, uh, a, a few things before we get started. First of all, for the people who are asking about it in the live chat, the new intro music uh, that is from a, a rapper called Info or Enfo. It, it starts with an E, E-N-F-O. Uh, link to that should be down below because I think I permanently added it to my descriptions here. I hope I did. Uh, if not, I will, I will, let's check that out right now. I have to add that again, but ENFO, if you're looking for them on uh, YouTube, a big thank you to him for the new intro and um, also to uh, Lucy Fur, who is not only our like super mod here tonight, but the mother of ENFO. So uh, I will add that link in afterwards, but if you're looking for him, ENFO on YouTube. Uh, as far as today's topic goes, we are kind of continuing what we talked about last week with Samantha, only we are uh, uh, switching the perspective. We talked about last week what like the Young Women's Organization was like and, and growing up. Uh, now, she had converted later, um, uh, but what, what she as a young woman in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what that was like. Tanner and I, I think both were born in the covenant, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did our. We did our time. But you actually did more time than I did, because you made it all the way to going on a mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mission, the works, AP on the mission. And you went to Brazil. Yep. And uh, which this is uh, so. Not only did you do one of the missions, you did one of the like within the church even though there's not like officially like you went on a real mission or not, the people who have to learn a foreign language, eat new foods and stuff, those people are always considered a little bit more, uh, should we say authentic? What word should we use for that? Yeah, yeah, a, a real mission. The rest of them are just practice missions. <laughs> they're, they're all just, I had, a, I had a friend, and granted he had just converted, uh, but I had a friend growing up uh, and he he converts at like 18. He does it mostly because he wants to marry this girl who's in the church. 
Uh, and she's like, well, I, I would only marry a member. And then she's like, well, I'd only marry a return missionary. And by the way, In the they, temple. <laughs> they eventually got married. So like that, it did work out in that regard as far as his goals uh, uh, to marry her. But he ended up, uh, so we were in Wyoming and he ended up going to like Idaho and then um, part of his mission actually covered a piece of Wyoming too. So he did, yeah, he, he barely, his mission was an entire car trip away, basically. <laughs> Amazing. But he got lots of beautiful scenery in that corner of the woods. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it, well, it's Idaho. <laughs> what does Idaho have? I think we all just think of potatoes. Um, potatoes and skinheads. Yeah. 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 So and I think corner of Yellowstone. That's true. That's true too. Wyoming's got the bigger part of it, and it's yeah. that is that is a really nice part of the state. I, uh, it it definitely is. I think um I think let's start with why don't you give just a brief summary of you don't have to go into like heavy detail, but like when you are uh, a Mormon guy, what or or especially if you are identified as a Mormon guy, what typically you are going to see for the first uh. uh let's say 20 years of your life. Why don't you go through the, the general timeline that is typical uh, uh, for, a, for a young Mormon lad? Okay, for a young Mormon lad, it can't be stressed enough that like the mission is the ultimate goal. Like from the, as early on as I can remember toward the age 19, now 18 I think is the age that they can go on missions. Like everything was in preparation to be a missionary. So, um, you know, every lesson that we're hearing on Sundays is like, okay, this is going to make you a better missionary and all the standards that you're expected to keep, or uh, in my case, really trying to go above and beyond of adding <laughs> even extra, you know, observances and things to try to be the most worthy, most prepared you could possibly be to be a missionary. Um, so there's all kinds of missionary prep courses that can be taken, which I took, of course, um, different uh, roles in the different organizations that they say is, you know, to get you ready so that you can serve as a missionary. It just, it really is like the sort of definitive event. And then once you go on a mission, the mission is in preparation to get you married uh, so that you can get married. And then, and then the rest of your life, I guess, is just go to church, pay the tithing and and uh, don't get too wild, but it's all yeah. I think yeah, it's everything, like everything in preparation for the mission. It, not just marriage prep, but literally like if we send you for two years, you are now so not just psychologically, but also emotionally and physically devoted to this. You will never give up. Otherwise, you wasted these two years of your life. Um, I so I never made it onto the mission. I was at first given like. Uh, uh, before it was officially announced at, at state conference, uh, the state president met with me and now privately at this time, I already knew I didn't, I didn't, um, believe. And it's actually kind of funny because I went in thinking like, what if, if he detects that, then I, my, my non-faith would be shaken. Like then we'll, we'll see. Like if there is, if there is some doubt left in me that maybe the church is true, like maybe this individual who, uh, uh, is like a local celebrity, frankly, this guy was, um, 
he'll he'll be able to detect and no i was able to lie completely through the interview but uh he released me from having to go for medical reasons but then i had my singles branch president uh uh intervene and try to get him to withdraw that and by the time any of that mattered i i was finally out um but as far as like the the timeline leading up to going on the mission like i think i was as young as five years old when you're in primary and you start singing, I hope they call me on a mission when I have grown a foot or two. Yeah. Uh, Can't wait to starve to death and shit my pants and have a bad time with all my companions or whatever. You know what? That's the only, the only thing that I think would have been a positive experience about going on a mission would be learning to accept that you'd shit your own pants. Because I feel like every missionary I know had that experience, and they're like, "Yeah, you get over shitting your pants." It's just that was that was kind of the definitive line between a real missionary and a fake missionary. It wasn't the foreign or uh, you know domestic missionary that that we had. It was whether or not you'd shit your pants. That was when you became a real missionary. I never did, so yeah. Uh, what do I know about missionary work? Interesting. I I've heard so many so many friends. <laughs> that went on missions that were like, well, here's the first time I shit my pants. In fact, uh, we had a guy, uh, oh, I was gonna I was gonna say his name, but I guess that would be a bad idea. But we had a guy uh, who came to Wyoming as a missionary. So not even having to like eat foreign <laughs> foods or anything. And, and he was like, Jimmy, let me tell you about the first time I shit my pants on my mission. Um, and so, so the timeline leading up to the mission, basically it starts at like, it starts at birth. They say you're a guy, and and then and then and then your story begins. Uh, at five <laughs> years old, you go from the nursery, which is where you're just learning like just the kids' versions of story, like stories like Noah's Ark and stuff. And that's that's from like two through four years old, right? I how old do you start the nursery? Do you remember? Um, that sounds about right. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't remember much of my nursery time. I don't know if I'm suppressing it or it was just because I was young. Um, and then at five years old, you join the primary, and primary are, is children from five to 11 years old. Uh, but then at eight, you get baptized, and this is where they start to make the, like, the dividing people up by sex uh, uh, decisions because the boys start a program called Cub Scouts at eight years old. Um, I actually don't, I don't remember what the, was there an equivalent for the, for the young girls? I can't, I don't remember them having anything until the young women's organization at 12. Yeah. Maybe it was just like nondescript homemaking or something <laughs> like tonight yeah. we're gonna make candles i don't know no actual no, no formal title i genuinely don't i uh, honestly i don't i don't remember i kind of i think they might not have anything until they turn 12. they might not <laughs> i think they're just like we only need we only need the six years to get them ready to be a wife we won't That's need a right. full 10. yeah you know lucky them uh so yeah, we start. We started the Cub Scouts. You become. Uh, you get. You work your way through We Below. Uh, did Did you get your arrow of light? I I think I did. Which is uh, it, like it was an extra set of things you could do 
that would carry over when you become a Boy Scout to show how morally upstanding you are. Um, it was it, our Arrow of Lights. Were they specifically Mormon, or were they were they all over the place? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know where the Mormon line and the Boy Scout line, like it's a very blurry yeah. boundary between the two. If you got I wasn't the, even aware for the longest time that there were non-Mormon scouts. And then I was right. like, oh, this is an actual like world organization. Since when? Well, and that's because for the longest time, like there were non-Mormon scouts, but the Mormon church was also the number one funder and got to call all of the shots and make all of the rules for it until there was finally a division in the actual like Boy Scout organization leadership and they decided to go a more progressive direction, which, you know, for totally unassociated reasons, that's why the Mormon church is no longer doing the Boy Scouts. It has nothing to do with all of the uh, the GRSM acceptance. It couldn't be... No, 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 no. Couldn't be any of that. Um so then at 12 years old, and this is this is still just on your Wednesday activities. This doesn't have to do with the Sunday ones. But at 12 years old, though, you actually had the option also at 11 years old, as I recall, depending on like which ward you were in. So at 11 or 12, you join the full on Boy Scouts and then begins your learning how to just be the worst type of. <laughs> I know people hate this phrase and I'm going to say it anyway. This is basically the toxic masculinity course at the Mormon church where you learn to be a man, how to pitch a tent, how to, uh, when the teachers, uh, when the scout leaders are just not interested, how to play dodgeball so that all of the larger kids can physically assault the smaller kids. Then you go on camping trips where the larger kids physically assault the smaller kids. It's a lot of, it's a lot of assault and it's a lot of, uh, (laughs) learn to be a man and this will be divided into two groups and you'll have succeeded if you're in the group that doesn't get assaulted. Uh, that's, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much what, what my experience was with Boy Scouts. I didn't hate everything about the Scouts, uh, Mm But I hated an awful lot about it. What I don't know. What about you? Um, well, you're definitely right about the toxic masculinity. I feel like they always chose the leaders who were like the ones who were like good with the youth, who were also yeah. like the most toxically masculine. Always, yeah. I don't know what the deal is there. You know, the guys who were like, "Ah, drop your purse, you sallies. We need to." And it's just like looking back, I'm like, "What the." Yeah. Why did they let that guy lead a bunch of kids around? Such a bad influence. Or like the just like total negligence about safety. It was just like, oh, right. yeah, you don't need a helmet. You don't need a life vest. You don't need ropes. Just, you know, if you're tough, you'll, God will protect you. And, uh, um, you know, ahead. you know, Bryce from Naked Mormonism, right? Yeah, yeah. He just did a walkthrough of a building and pointed out something that I had totally not even considered when I was a, when I was younger, something that I, I didn't even register, but he goes through uh, a, an LDS church and he points out all of the buildings or all of the rooms where all these meetings are happening. There's no windows on the doors and the windows that are all to the outside are frosted. You can't see through them. Like some wow. light will come through, but not much. So not only that, it's, it's, these, it's these men that like have no... Uh, no, there's no reason why you would pick them except they're particularly toxic and gruffy and we're going to teach you to be a man kind of type. Uh, uh, yeah, my we don't main, trust you to like, talk to the adults. <laughs> so. yeah. 
put you with the most vulnerable people instead. Yeah, let's just go lock you in a room with, which granted, like one of the scout leaders, we definitely had one where it's like, how did anyone trust trust him with kids? Uh, and then we had another who was just like a dentist by day, and he clearly hated being the scout leader, which my dad was his bishop at the time, and at, at a certain point he expressed that he hated being it, and my dad like had a had a revelation that that's why he needed to be it the most. like. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's the best reason. We just liked him because he was rich and he would always take us to this like place on the way from these uh, uh, camping trips for like ice cream, milk and milkshakes and stuff. Uh, I feel like the rich guys who got roped into it because they were rich always resented it. They're like, all right, I guess we're taking my boat out this weekend. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there was also some, I knew he for a fact had, this was down in Florida at the time. I knew he had like a nice RV, but I think he wasn't allowed to bring that because, yeah, and he was always like miserable and complaining about how he couldn't sleep at all on the ground and stuff. But then, yeah, we'd end up like in Florida, we'd end up going on camping trips to like islands this guy knew about. And then we'd end up uh, uh, on on ski and stuff for the weekend. Like those trips were actually kind of cool. It was all the other ones, especially once we moved to Louisiana, which is just the most disgusting sack pit of Louisiana is a terrible state. And I'm sorry to anybody who lives there and likes love it. You Louisianans. <laughs> I, I love the people of Louisiana. Louisiana is just gross there's not a good part of it i know people are gonna be upset i said that i love you though i hate the state anyway we lived uh we lived in slidell louisiana and uh it, it's like right across from like pontchartrain and we had to go to scout camp which is this week-long excursion and it was just miserable and soggy and my uh my brother because my brother is just a mean person uh the first day took my my bag with my socks and underwear in it and put it outside while it was raining so I had like wet socks and underwear all week but I'm like 12 so I didn't like really think about just why don't you just go drape these over a fire and dry them out like at that age you're still too embarrassed for anyone to see your underwear uh it was just it was just a miserable miserable time uh Oh, a rattlesnake made it into our camp. And so somebody came with a shovel and killed it. And then the guy who revealed that it was there was like, I would not have done that if I had known you were going to kill it. Um, I don't know why that story just stuck out of my head. But anyway, yeah. I made uh, out like a bandit at scout camp, man. I was such a dirty little vulture capitalist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like an official scout camp, right? So yeah. there was all these camp counselors and they had their little, you know, adventure hats and you could buy a hat for like $20 at the trading post. So I'd go up to the camp counselors and say, hey, how much did you pay for that hat? And they'd say, oh, I got it for free as part of my uniform. I say, well, what happens if you misplace it or get rid of it? And they're like, oh, I just grab a new one. I say, well, can I buy one from you for $5 and they're like, Oh yeah, sure. So buy hats for $5 and then go to the kids and be like, Hey, listen, you can buy this hat at the trading post for $20 or you can buy it for me for 15. I made so much money at scout camp. Uh, but then I felt really guilty about like using like a church activity to make money or whatever. So repented of that and have been poor since. <laughs> you know, I, uh, 
I learned at that at scout camp. I learned how creepy uh, uh, boys become when they're basically you don't get any time alone. So it's a bunch of like 12 to 17 year old boys who, because they don't get any alone time for the first time in months, aren't jerking off every six hours. Uh, and then you're also just around a bunch of, of dudes. And so at the beginning of it, you'd have count, you'd, you'd have like three or four camp counselors that at the beginning of it, everyone's all like, ew, that camp counselor. And then by the end of it, they're just like, oh, she's so hot, man. She's just so hot. And that's where yeah. I remember learning uh, first really like putting together and actually like thinking on it, how creepy uh, uh, dudes that are isolated and don't jerk off are. So that's all that twelve year old to seventeen year old boys are creepy. All of them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the more you add, the creepier it gets. <laughs> yeah, it gets. Yeah, it gets. It gets real, real strange. Can I, I say uh, like one fuck fuck you thing about scout camp? Like all Boy Scout camps is the pressure for scouts to jump in freezing cold water at the crack of dawn. I don't yeah. know why that's such like. And that's one of those toxic masculinity things. Everyone needs to jump in the freezing cold water. I was every time I was like, no, no, you're yeah. not going to get me to do this. It's the exact same thing oh, we see with that. like, it's the thing we see with like baby boomers who are mad at us for having uh, certain technologies that make our lives easier, even though they ultimately have made all of our lives way harder uh, as a net. But it's that concept of like, Hey, I had to suffer in this way. How dare you not suffer the way I suffer? And that's what it yeah. is. It's the exact same thing. It's, it's, uh, you want to live life without extra pain? You yeah. absolute sissy. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, hit, your, yeah. hit your hand with a hammer every day just to remind yourself that life is hard. Yeah. I am alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was celebrations of that. I remember, too, at that same scout camp, I had ended up getting hurt. I'd slipped in the shower and, like, fell on and hit both of my knees and it like pushed my kneecaps in a really bad way. Like something inside of it definitely hurt a lot. And for months after that, I could still feel it while I was, uh, anytime I would kneel anyway, from the outside, you couldn't see much of what it was, but there were these two like significant bumps that made my knees look spiky. And, uh, uh, the, our scout master, when I was like, hey, I need to go to like the, com not commissary, the like med bay or whatever it was called to get some painkillers or some ibuprofen. And he was like, what, for just a, a couple of little scratches? You need it for some scratches? And you're just sitting there like, I don't need to be antagonized by you. This is, you're 50 years old and this is how you have to spend your week too. Which one of us <laughs> is, is really like the shitty in the shittier situation? Anyway, he was just a jerk. Uh, but getting back to the topic of like being raised uh, as a as a Mormon lad uh, on the other side of things from the church side at 12 years old, you are ordained to the office of a deacon. Uh, and as of 12 years old, you are now allowed to pass the sacrament, which is uh, not that big or fun a deal, but it's basically performance art. I'm, do you, do you remember any of that? Like the, the feeling significant as you're walking around and you're giving people their bread and water? Oh yeah. You know, in your Sunday best trying yeah. to just represent the Lord. Yeah. Standing at, Pass standing at attention. With your... And every ward has their like specific rituals for doing it. 
that yeah. like you don't know until you're like you you go there one week and they're like hey you look young can you do this first and you go and then like everyone's walking in different patterns because everyone has like the specific patterns and who takes it first in the row and uh, yeah just all kinds of things and it was always a mess trying to go to different wards and figure out how they did things which it seems i i remember we had uh uh this was this also happened in louisiana my dad like redrew uh where everyone should go and i was deacon's quorum president so it was as my my official decree it was within my power to decide uh where they all go and so but he Whoa. made it like way over complicated uh and so every all we had eight people i don't know i don't know how many deacons you had distributing it yours we had I eight because it was a it was a semi big ward. When I moved to Wyoming, we only had two of us each week. It was actually pretty. Oh wow! Yeah, real real small. Um, but yeah, anyway. So at twelve years old, you become a deacon. You start doing classes with just the other twelve and thirteen year olds. At fourteen years old, you become a teacher, but you never teach anything. Nope. <laughs> yeah, like what was? Why were we called teachers? Just a useless title. Just got to give a name for something. And at this point, you now not only are allowed to pass the sacrament, you're allowed to prepare the sacrament. You're allowed to. So at 12 to 13, your responsibility level is only being able to be handed this and then go and distribute bread and water to others. But at, at 14 and 15, you now have leveled up to being able to handle before the service going into a little room, a tiny little room with a bunch of others and, and putting the weirdest water. room in the whole church building. It really is. It's just a sink. It was right? like, it, it was like the most irreverent room on earth. I felt like that was like, cause it's like a tiny little room again, no windows anywhere. Right. And you've got like two teenage boys or, you know, however many are in there supposed to be doing this like ordinance, getting the bread and water together. But like, it's always like a mess of water and like yeah. the most inappropriate jokes because nobody can hear. And anytime you're like supposed to be really serious, but like no one can around you knows what's going on. It was just rife with iniquity. Yeah. And the older kids shouting at the younger kids to get out of their way and things, which I never understood. It seems like that entire job could be done with just one or two people. But we always had like five or six people all jammed in there for some reason. Like I have no idea why. Uh, and you're basically filling up all these little cups with water. And then you're bringing the trays from there to the, the place where the sacrament is blessed and distributed from. And you're putting pieces of bread on there. I mean, it's a huge amount of responsibility and a huge amount of power that you're getting. That again, remember, only boys can have this power. If you, you dear boy, have the power of God on earth, and now you can put bread on a tray. Right. Amazing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it's too sacred or not sacred enough for those people that the church identifies as women. Like, no. yeah, this is. I, women are way too spiritual. They have other things, other gifts. They don't need to be putting the bread on the tray. They make up for it in other ways by being docile and submissive. They're exactly. real spiritual <laughs> Exactly, yeah. As, as they've been debating whether or not they give women the priesthood in the Mormon church, and they've been coming along and saying, no, no, no. These are the specific things they're saying the women can't do. The women can't. I mean, these are obviously just the introductory classes 
to uh, to the priesthood. So I guess moving to the next one. At 16 years old, you become a priest, which is now still again sacrament related mostly. There's there's a little bit more, but uh, you can now bless the sacrament, uh, and and basically this is this happens during the church service. So first there's an opening prayer, then an opening song, and then uh, the distribution of the sacrament. Or is it, it's song, prayer, it's song, then a prayer, then the bishop gets up and is like, here's what we're going to do today. Then another song, and while that song is happening, the priests get up and they break the bread into pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you always hope for a smaller crowd because that means bigger pieces and you're fasting. So, you just want a handful of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. also remember that, like, they're not putting on gloves. They usually have hand sanitizer up there, but <laughs> they just get like the rattiest people in the whole congregation, which is the 16 year old boys just fresh from jerking off. Right. Right. Which that's yeah. the thing. Like, I don't trust them. Ninety percent of the boys in the Mormon church, I mean, 100% of them aren't supposed to be masturbating. 90% of them, if not more, are. Uh, I know some people escape or, or, or some people are successfully programmed and guilted out of that, but most of them are. And I can remember several times, not only at, no, not only at 16 was I masturbating, I was sexually active. Uh, so there were several times Damn, where brag, brag, brag. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I'm not even sexually active now. <laughs> just, just, well, samesies though. <laughs> we could, we could move you here this weekend. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I, I can remember so many times breaking the bread as a priest and just feeling like absolute filth and shit about myself because I'd be like, the last thing these hands were touching were my girlfriend's insert whatever. Uh, uh, or, or oh, I've masturbated this morning and now I'm breaking the bread with the same hands. Again, I used the hand sanitizer. I mean, for the record. <laughs> there, Bless there, you. There was probably lots of, you know, like sanitized dead come that I was touching the bread, but I, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't All think anybody, the body of our Lord. <laughs> you know, shit. I mean, that's why I'm trying to have the body of our Lord now, um, to make up for it. That's, also interesting that, that Mormons drink water instead of wine, right? Cause water is thicker than blood. Apparently something like that. Water is literally not thicker than blood. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is not. Blood is thicker than water. That's like even an expression. People say that about family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then as a priest, you're also now allowed to baptize people, but you can't give them the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's So every, every baptism ritual basically consists of a baptism, and then usually people, there will be like, they'll replay uh, a, a video of the, the first vision, which I would... Could I? There is so much money I would pay to have somebody put in the DVD for the first vision, but my first vision video plays instead. <laughs> what with all the name tags, Joey Smith and Wesson, and all that kind of stuff, I would, I would die so happy if if that if I'm that could get go down. Baptized back into the church just to do that at my baptism. That would be that would be tremendous. Now, so funny thing about being a priest though is that I'm still technically on the records as a priest in the Mormon church. How Well, you can do my baptism. Oh my god, please come up come up 
to uh, 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 come up to Colorado, come up to Denver. We're going to move you up here this weekend anyway. Uh, and then Perfect. we'll go do stuff in the baptismal font. And then next week we'll baptize you. Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like let's go about the space beforehand for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a baptismal font in my house. So that'll be... Um, That'll be that'll be. I'm sure call them a bathtub, but if it's that big, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, another weird tangent. I guess I'll just go on. Um, the strangest thing is that uh, someone says the looks we're exchanging are going to get this demonetized. Um, <laughs> we have this. We have uh, uh, a full bathroom, and then we have like a half bath. But then we have like it. I guess it's also a half bath. There's no toilet in it just attached to the master bedroom instead of instead of a full master bathroom there's a sink and then there's a soaking tub and honestly it looks like a miniature baptismal font it's all right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna put a bunch of ox around it just to make the whole thing complete um that would be really helpful yeah <laughs> that'd be really funny i should do that look for pictures on that of that on instagram they're coming also, sent people send me a bunch of ox statues because I'll need those too. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, so you become a priest. Now, this is where um, my interactions with... Oh, I didn't finish the, the two parts of baptism. So you get baptized and a priest can baptize you. Then you have this little ritual. And then either after that or the following Sunday in church... Uh, a bunch of above 18-year-old men surround you, put their hands on your head, and command you to receive the Holy Ghost, which I understand that that sounded more erotic coming out than I meant it to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, basically it's, and the Holy Ghost is now a superpower. You now have a magical way to perceive right from wrong. Uh, you have you have a, a, an angel on your shoulder, a whisper in the ear, a burning in the bosom. These are all the things used to describe the Holy Ghost because they don't actually have just one way to describe the Holy Ghost, which is part of like it's the things that if you learn skepticism before you join the church, it would flag as giant bullshit. Like, wait, so you're saying the Holy Ghost is a thing and it performs this function, but everybody who has it, the function is is specific to them. It's different for each individual. And so you have to figure out and assign when the Holy Ghost is there. There's not a clear way to know for sure. Uh, Meanwhile, you've been feeling the Holy Ghost <laughs> all along anyway, and then you get it and nothing really changes. So you're trying to like evaluate your own worthiness. Maybe I don't, you know, don't deserve it because I've done something wrong or right. oh, I just have to like, train my intuition to perceive it better or something it's you know a that, whole shtick you know that weird thing that people do where they like uh i think dwight did it to um michael on the office where he pretends to crack an egg over his head and it's like and you feel it flowing because <laughs> it gives yeah, you the it gives you the shivers that's how yeah, they should yeah. do the blessings from now on that's how they should <laughs> say because the, you'd be like oh i really do feel it i feel that so much i feel it in my oh bones. my god we have yeah. to make a, like, a little uh, video skit of that. That would be hilarious. Like <laughs> an egg on your head. <laughs> Receive the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of shimmying. But then, so as a priest, that's where I first started having my interactions. Of This is the closest to getting on a mission I got, which is that I rather frequently, at least weekly, was going on missionary exchanges, which... 
Uh, basically, it's the only way I convinced my parents to let me have my driver's license because they didn't want to anyway. Uh, and so I was pretty much weekly taking missionaries to their meetings to give people lessons. And then uh, after about a year of that, they actually approved for me to go on their, uh, their uh, are they called tracks as well, where you're just knocking door to door? Yeah, yeah. So I got the, uh, I got the pre-mission experience. Mm. Uh, uh, then 19 finally comes around. And at that time, I'm definitely not healthy enough or ready enough. And I haven't saved up the money, which is another fucked up thing. People don't really, I think, understand. Like you go on a mission for the Mormon church that you pay for. Um, did you have, did you have, and they just raised the price of it. They just raised the price. Yeah. What is it now? I mean, it was, it was like $10,000. Yeah, I want to say now it's uh, twelve to fifteen thousand somewhere in that region. <sighs> That's not surprising because I'm sure they started running out of people who were like, "Hey, would you like to have two teenage boys come live in your house for uh, uh, for like a hundred? We'll give you a hundred dollars a month because yeah, it was it's twenty four months." At $400 a month, plus you need to save a little bit extra to buy new suits before you go on. So it was that 9600 and then another $400 to buy. And a bunch uh, of other shit, too. I had to spend a bunch of money on all kinds of clothes and garments and yeah. scriptures and materials and you name it. But it's not a cult. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it, it just super is. Uh, <laughs> tell Telltale and I have been going through a series. We just released the third part this week uh, uh, on the bite model, behavior control, information Mm. control, thought control, emotion control. So we just finished thought control. And it was really funny going into it, like behavior and information control. We we created a scoring system for it. uh, And those were coming in high. And then we went through thought control. And it was like, yeah, it's pretty much 21 and 13s across the board. The only thing that they didn't score high on was... um, whether or not they allow people to go after like alternative spiritualities because they love that holistic bullshit essential oils you at the moment you enter utah you now smell lavender oil like it's funny they they like uh, some alternative things right there's like a a range of alternative or like um compatible spiritual or holistic things other ones will get you act so quickly yeah yeah. So now give a brief summary then. So now you turn 19, uh, you go through the temple, you find out your secret name. Uh, have you ever revealed your secret name? I have. Um, my secret temple Mormon name that I'm known on the records of the church here on earth and in heaven is Alma. Oh my God. Where did they come up with they that name? They didn't say the elder or the younger, just <laughs> Alma just Alma, which means that yeah. everybody that attended the temple the day you attended it, every man anyway, was also Alma. Yeah, like, my cousin and I went through the same day. And so every time I see him, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alma. Are you aware Alma. of that already? I, I don't know if that that was something that I found out this last at some point in the last six months. And I thought it might have been you who told me, but maybe it wasn't uh, who sent me the information. Did everybody that, gets the same name on that day? Yeah. 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 That's. Yeah. Anyway, so these are there are going to be trillions of people in heaven, and there will be like six names between all of them. <laughs> like that's what it comes I'm down li- to. I really dig my name. Part of me wants to go by it. I kind of like it. 
you want to start going by i knew um i knew some actual almas growing up they were all they were all women and they were all latina so they were joseph had stolen those names not from actual ancient native american records but modern day mexico i think uh but yeah i, yeah, I don't know uh, soul, alma what's that it means soul alma I, I never knew any of that so anyway, you're 19, you go through the temple, you got your secret name, you learned the secret handshakes to get into heaven, right? Right? You're ready. Good. Which <laughs> even now you've been excommunicated, but you're going to be able to trick whoever's at the door because you know them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> you're in. Uh, and, and then, so take us from there. And we have 16 minutes now that we get to the missionary part until we uh, switch to the super chat parts. But just uh, take us from there, the getting getting your mission calling and then what some of the like daily routine daily life of a missionary was like okay so i was in i was in my freshman year of college uh you have to do like a whole interview process with various church leaders before submitting your you know application papers um to prove you're worthy and it's like this huge guilt thing where you're like remembering every bad thing you've ever done and you're like oh maybe this is gonna be the thing that makes me not be able to go or i'm gonna be sent to a bad place because I was bad or whatever. Um, but then you, and you have to get like a bunch of medical, dental exams and things. Um, so uh, yeah, you submit your papers. I got called to Brazil. It was kind of sad because I actually wanted to stay in the States and speak English. Um, I was not super jazzed about learning a new language because I just wanted to preach the gospel in my native tongue, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Rather than be like, you know, inhibited by in. yeah but <laughs> I, um, I i've also always been like i'm actually right now i've been thinking about learning spanish and getting a tutor and stuff because i kind of want to uh <clears throat> we had somebody call in when i was on with eric murphy talking about how like none of these resources are available in uh in in latin and south america and that like there's not there's not an atheist community there on youtube and things of that nature and so I, I literally have been thinking about, like, maybe I should just do what the Mormons do. I should learn Spanish and start putting out my episodes in Spanish, too. Say again? Señor Ateo. Yeah, Señor Ateo. Uh, and uh, I, I took some Spanish in high school, but I've never, learning languages has never been a strong suit of mine. I, I can understand a very, very basic level of Spanish. Uh, and that was more true when I was younger and trying to learn it because I have two fluent brothers. I actually have a, a, another brother, the one that I was talking about earlier, who's just a, a kind of a mean, shitty person. He, uh, he went to Brazil also to the Florianopolis mission. Mm. Yeah. So Brazil, um, well, I guess I don't have to talk too much about Brazil. I kind of want to talk more generally. So first, yeah. when you, get, you go to the mission, you have to go to the missionary training center. And there's several around the world. So I went to the one in Brazil. Most people go to the one in Provo. And I think that most people only stay a couple weeks, like two to three weeks. Um, if you do, if you're learning another language, it's I stayed nine weeks in the Sao Paulo MTC, and there you have just an extremely rigorous study schedule where you're up at six thirty doing language study. You're doing you're studying on the scriptures and the church missionary resource materials. Um, you have a study time allotted with your companion who you have to be with at all times. 
Um, the only time you're not like directly side by side with them is when you're in the shower or you know on the toilet or something. Otherwise, they're just like nonstop with you, which is so incredibly like horrifically isolating in a way to be always never alone is so isolating. Right. Because um, you're always accountable. At that point, you you don't everybody everyone the world over when they are around other people a certain level of social act is put on and so yeah. basically with that also having like the you're now in the trenches of war so also you need to tell on each other if you catch one another masturbating uh yeah oh that's a rule in a lot of missions they have to like yeah. clap while they're in the shower to indicate that they're not jerking off though you know feasibly you could just <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounded more like you were spanking with one hand your yourself. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. right. <laughs> <laughs> the joke's on you. That's the only way I can masturbate. Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing now. I can't do it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to be um, humming I am a child of God. But other than that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hold yeah. to the rod. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's wild. Like I feel like solitude is such an important part of being like a healthy, mature person, and yeah. you're just not afforded any time for solitude on the mission. And the purpose, of course, is to break down your sense of individuality. You're not allowed to go by your first name. Like there's a weird mission culture that you're like not allowed to tell anyone your first name. So, right. Like, members will or people will be like, "What's your first name?" And you're like, "Obviously, it says Elder. I, I'm not a real person." <laughs> Right. I, I remember um, even doing that as a kid. And I think it's mostly kids that are going to come up and do that to you. Right. Like the, the, mm. the, the deacons, priests and teachers. I remember doing that too uh, with elders and being like, so, so what's your real first name? He's like, it's right there. It's elder. It's, it's elder. Also, can, can we all take a moment to just address the absolute arrogance of an 18 to 27 year old guy being called elder. <laughs> These are the elders look to them for their wisdom. Like the first of all, <laughs> most of y'all's brains haven't finished developing. You're still excited about new appearances of pubes. None of you can grow a decent beard. So, and, but these, and most I, I just can't I can't get over the absurdity of like taking kids who for the most part have not lived outside of their own culture their own their own state for a lot of them yeah. you know they've never really experienced the world never been exposed to a lot of different lifestyles let alone lived a different lifestyle and you go out and you're supposed to tell other people how to live and it's so obvious that like at the early setup of the church preaching the gospel was the apostolic duty. And then over right. time, the old running the church were like, wait a minute, we don't want to do this anymore. What if we just sent the young people out to do it? Perfect. Okay. You're an yeah. elder now. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, which so I mean, in, in fairness, like the part of the reason why that happened is that like it doesn't happen today because rarely does the prophet see an 18 or 19 year old with a wife he wants to steal. But in the origins of the church, Joseph would like send men on missions so he could steal their wives. So like, let's be fair here. All the, you know. all the apologists right now are like, that's not true. He only did that twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You used the word keep. You said he keeps doing it. It was like, 
it barely happened a couple times <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, you spend you you're in the missionary training center, right. and it's just you're it's it's the cult. Yes. Well, the mission is like the cult within the cult. Like it is. It's really where the mind control and the behavioral control, like you were talking about, really yeah. is in full swing. You're not allowed to talk with your family, though you are now. They've changed that, which is good. Um, but when I went, like totally isolated from everyone, feeling so lonely, and you're just like the guilt complex that you're supposed to be devoting every second right. of every day, every thought has to be on the church. Otherwise you were just like a piece of shit who doesn't right. care about the Lord and the gospel. And so everyone's just like, so, so stressed out. Um, and therefore also having some kind of like peak emotional experiences, because the point is to keep you so emotionally volatile that like, you, you swing from like really awful to, to the moment you have like a release of being like, oh God, the gospel's true. Uh, the Lord saved a sinner like me. It's all true. Ah, thank God. I'm so grateful to be a missionary. Like yeah. it's just to keep totally high strung. And then you get out into the mission field and you know, cause in the MTC they're like, you're going to get out there and you're going to baptize and you're going to preach with the tongue of angels. And there are people who are praying for you to find them and you're going to, you know, knock the doors all day. And then at the end of the day, you're going to say, let's knock one more door. And then you knock on the door and there's a whole family waiting for you. And they're like, we've been praying for you. We saw you in a vision last night and now you're here, but that shit never happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you go out there and it's just like Ugh. the hardest, worst thing just like walking around the day i was on the equator walking around all day in the hot sun t trying to tell people who like for the most part are just like you guys are batshit insane right and you're like no i a 19 year old know exactly what god wants for you and yeah. how you can change your life to be more happy yeah. um and of course on the mission you you still have that companion who you're with all the time you have various missionary meetings, which are like enormous circle jerks, um, which are all uh, focused around the mission hierarchy. So the president of the mission becomes like God incarnate. Everyone is oh, mission president, mission president. Right, right. And the higher up you are on the on the hierarchy, the more uh, you know, the more adoration you get from from missionaries, and the greater sense of responsibility and uh prestige you have so Though, there's a lot of aspirations I, for mission callings i know some of those mission callings though have also come in uh like my brother uh, has talked about a few of uh, other people he w went on a mission with and that like he's like yeah so some of the prestigious callings ended up going to the people that nobody wanted to work with like everybody hated spending time with them because they were just so obnoxious and so douchey. And so at a certain point, the mission presence were like, fine, we'll put them on du desk duty, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that that often was was the case. And again, like this is the whole point of bringing up all that stuff that leads into it, because it's not just like it's not like you have a diverse group of men as far as they're not intellectually or emotionally diverse everybody's got the same level they've all been abused to the same level of stockholm syndrome they've all uh they've all had this toxic masculinity instilled with them so so you get in there you're hyper competitive you're uh uh 
feeling terribly guilty about all the secret masturbating you're doing. So you outlet that by catching others masturbating and telling on them. Like it is, it is a toxic preparation for what is then a toxic culture uh, after. Oh yeah. And I was just thinking the other day about this kid who uh, they found out he was watching porn on one of the, like the church, the mission computers. Well, that was and the dude silly. They, they literally made his name synonymous with masturbation for the rest of his time in the mission. Oh. And I just think like, that's terrible. Like what a horrible that's... experience for that missionary, just like being an average human being and became like a, a you know, pariah for the rest of right. his time out there. Right. So this is, uh, we haven't done it specifically to the missions, but Telltale and I, when we do our bite model assessment staff, we've talked about a bunch of times that so many of the things that only come in, so we use a Fibonacci scale for scoring these things. And so, so many of the things that would come in at just like a three or a five are the max on our scale is a 21. And they're all maximum 21s as soon as you look at the missions versus the uh, versus the everyday life, which is why they want every man to go on them because they do want to at least temporarily put you into that state. They only they they only think the men are the important parts of the family because they're the ones in charge. Uh, the women are all going to be emotionally intellectually beaten down and accept that the best they can aspire to be is a mother. Uh, and and not not to say that being mother is fucking awesome but that is the only thing the mormon church wants you to be a mother and a wife a, a homemaker mm -hmm. um uh and so by getting that level of that we've broken you down and now you are so devoted with with if we can just max your cult experience out you will uh you'll enjoy your mild more mild religious experience for the rest of your life once you get out of it uh, yeah, it's... but that, that tactic is starting to backfire. I think it worked for a long time. Um, same mentality as the military. Like, we we break you down so that we can build you back up how yeah. we want, right? Yeah. Um, but that is backfiring because you're getting more and more missionaries who are coming home early. And right. the amount of people who are leaving the church directly after the mission is going up. And it's already really high. Like, right. I've heard estimates of about 50%. Um, leave the church after coming back from the mission because they were like, that fucking sucked. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. And you realize like, it really is like, it shows you all the ways that the church, like, because you don't have the big miraculous experiences. I mean, you kind of like, you're, you're grasping for anything that's even like semblant of some kind of divine in intervention. So you're reading into everything as much as you can. Like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that we did this thing because it allowed us to meet this person or whatever. Wow, what a miracle. But in reality, you just like met a person. And, you right. know, nothing great about it. And then you see how like it's so much a sales thing. That's what I, I got to the mission and I was devastated. I thought it was the worst thing ever. I granted that like over time, it really did like break me down yeah. and uh, you know I used to mission life and was like oh yeah i love this ended my mission like mission but yeah. um everyone should go yeah it was like it it was devoid of that power and miraculousness that i was sold growing up so right. that i got it there and i was like i didn't prepare my whole life to be a salesperson and that's what it felt like you know they teach you these obvious sales tactics and it was all about, you know, like coercing and manipulating people to get them to do what you wanted to do. And the minute they stopped doing what you wanted to do, you like broke off 
your relationship with them. It wasn't about connecting authentically. Right. Plus, it's also, I think a lot of, uh, I, I think there's been some influence anyway in the fact that this is the information age now. So you might be out there on your mission because your parents put you there and and you are expected to stay and stuff. But nowadays, like, you can't go a whole mission counting on the ignorance of the people you're talking to. Like now, they're going to be like, wait a second. I just watched a Zelf on the Shelf video that said this. Like, why, why? This? And, and so uh, I think I think that's also influenced why so many people come off and leave the church. Uh, because the first times they're, the information they, they've been sold their whole life, when you're growing up as a Mormon, not only do you think the church is true, you don't really understand how others don't because you think it's obviously true. Like mm-hmm. you just like how it, all of this just makes so much sense. How do people mm-hmm. not understand? Like if there's going to be a Bible in Jerusalem, of course there would be one in, in on the American continent. Of course God wouldn't have forgotten. And you just do all these things. And you think it's so obvious. So it isn't until you start interacting with the real world that that's ever challenged. And it sounds like nowadays mormon missionaries going out they're starting to see their first real challenges of it and granted they're trying to prepare them more with apologetics to counter all those things they're finally starting to admit to their own membership things like yeah i know we told you about the urim and thummim growing up but it turns out he did put his face in a hat with a rock i know you're mad because south park said that what is it like 20 years ago now (laughs) South Park said now it's like 15 I think 15 years ago South Park said Joseph Smith put his head in a hat with a rock and dictated out and yeah you had to go around to all of your friends and defend that that's not what happened and so we're really sorry that that is what happened (laughs) also me I remember being on a uh, I I must have been in 10th grade at the time it, it may have come out earlier than that but I remember in 10th grade being on a trip uh, for choir and that we ended up uh, it, it's just me and this other kid called Matt uh, are arguing with somebody in our hotel room that sang with us that night. And we're like, no, that's not what happened. Like, ah, ha, ha. you know, you always say do that thing of, yeah, I don't know. That's really funny. But here's what really happened. And then. Mm-hmm we like professed that we felt the spirit when we were telling him like the truth, when we were bearing our testimony to him and telling him that's wrong. It's like, not only do I know, uh, do I, do I know that the church is true right now? The Holy ghost is in here telling me uh, all that kind of the shit you learn to recite. Exactly. Yeah, you are clapping, right? To tell me you're not masturbating. Yeah. It's, it's just all, I mean, Mormon missions you're being, are full You're being cult. very generous, too, because the church would never admit that and say, sorry. What they say right. is, we have no idea why you believe that Joseph right. Smith used the Urim and Thummim. Uh, Ballard just came out and said, we have no idea where, why missionaries thought they should invite people to baptism on the first discussion. Right. And it's like, because you literally told us to do that. It was literally in the Preach My Gospel. When I, my first day in the mission, they gave me a card that had a picture of baptiz- Jesus getting baptized, and they called it an invite of fire, convite de fogo. And they said, if you're really feeling the Spirit, you'll, at, you'll invite someone to be baptized on the very first meeting. Or like, you know, you walk up to someone on the street and you're like, it never worked either. Never. But we were always encouraged to do that as just like a flex to be like, yeah, 
if you found out that there was a one true church on the earth today, would you? What would impede you from getting baptized? And it was like, oh man, I am such a spiritual fucking giant. <laughs> right, right. No, but never worked. We saw the uh, 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 even outside of the missions heard the same thing about asking the first time. In fact, uh, at nineteen, I started dating this girl. And she she decides to take the lessons and they ask her and they schedule it that day. She ends up never making to it. We we break up because she like leaves me for her ex-boyfriend like a week before her her 18th birthday. But she (laughs) she she scheduled it for her 18th birthday. And uh, uh, yeah, it was and it was the first time. And basically like these these missionary salesmen they had their pitch down they show you the movie with the uplifting music that happens in time so that you think you feel a spiritual thing happening when in reality you're the this is why you couldn't you couldn't tell that story you couldn't show that video without the music because no one would feel the spirit anymore feel the spirit like it is a it is a type of it's 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 a little hypnosisy. It's it's just a little bit oh. of hypnosis. Oh, one of the weirdest experiences on the mission was we didn't have the video, and so I'm just telling the story. And while I was telling it, the missionary I was with starts humming the Joseph Smith's first prayer song, just like ah, 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 ah. I was just like, this is so dumb. Even he knew he couldn't. You couldn't get it. Like oh someone God. is just like this Brazilian person is like, who the fuck are these white boys in my house singing a song about some farmer in New York, like <laughs> singing God? What? <laughs> you should have just brought like bongos with you from then on too. Just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, can we slam poetry you with the uh, with this whole? Can we just do 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 Joseph Smith in a field? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's. Uh, uh, I feel like we've scratched the surface, and and you're more than welcome to come back, and we can just talk about fun Mormon missionary stories and experiences you had uh, in the future. Because we do need to switch to the reading and responding to super chats here. Uh, uh, but yeah, we're really just get, we really we really scratched the surface. I had a there's tremendous a whole time. lot comes from those two years. <laughs> there's yeah. Yeah, and we we summarized the entire two years in the fifteen minutes we were even talking about it. I was going to say the first yeah. hour, but we didn't talk about sexual it stranger, sexual tension, and coercing strangers. You got it. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So we what we're going to do now is we will switch over to reading the super chats. Uh, there's still time to get super chats in if if people want those responded to. Uh, I know a lot of people leave at this point, but a lot of times the questions and the the things that are asked and the things we're responding to sometimes those conversations end up being better than the main show. I don't know if that's the could be the case anytime I have Tanner or Samantha on because our conversations are always so amazing and self on the shelf. They're just my fucking favorite. So all of you. Everyone should aspire to, uh, though I will say I've been a little bit self-conscious about, I've been glimpsing, I've been glimpsing the live chat and I feel like they, they mostly like your hair more than mine. And it's like, it's not a big deal. It's People fine. People are wrong. They're wrong. I Look love your hair too. And the, and, the, and the beard to go with it. I could never. Anyway. You've got I, the natural left curls. That's they are. It, it, if I don't brush them out, it's way worse too. Like it, it uh, gets all wild and stuff. 
I wish. I wish, man. I my hair's just so heavy. It's like clean. I well, I love your hair too, and your mustache. I just love you though too. That's also. I think we just we adore each other. So let's not in the live chat make it a competition. We both have wonderful hair. Plenty of this gorgeous hair to go around, folks. Exactly. Exactly. It's just let's all come together on the fact that these two long-haired pansexuals are here to spread. I don't know. I was going to say, like, we're, we're going to turn all of your kids gay. That's what that's what the purpose oh, of both of our channels are. One. Yep. Yeah. We won't be done until every child in America is pansexual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's literally what a lot of people think is our motive and our goal. And yeah, and they are right. <laughs> They're correct. They're going to isolate that clip. When we're done, all your kids will be pansexuals who love anime. I'm not actually that into anime. I've seen some, but. I know I know a lot of people now associate uh, there's like there's like an anime community and an LGBTQ plus community overlap. And so I've been embracing that. All right. Nice yeah. intersection there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all be Weeboo. I think that's the right way to say it. Weeboo? Do you know? I don't know what your anime life is like. Okay. Shauna Grady. Uh, limited. Yeah. I watched like I've seen all the ones that everyone has seen. Well, actually, I didn't watch yeah, Dragon Ball Z as a kid. I never saw that, but I saw like Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Avatar, um, and a few others, and some really pervy ones too. That, <laughs> that's that's a true story. I've dated some characters, and I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> Shauna Gardy says, "Take my free money and thank you for being you." This is something I only found out about like this in this last month is that um, people get one or two. I think they get a total of two dollars worth of free super chats with their YouTube premium membership. Mm. Yeah, because wow. YouTube YouTube knows people won't mostly won't use them, so that's why they don't just give them two dollars off of their fucking subscription, which is what the ethical <laughs> thing to do would be. YouTube. Anyway. Yeah. Ariel Ansel says, can't, st can't hang, but I'm starting my new position after my promotion. I'll be listening to this on Spotify during one of my shifts, and I know this shout-out will calm my anxiety a bit. Hello, Ariel. This shift that you're on, it's a bunch of bullshit, but you're going to make it through it, because I said so, and so did Tanner. You are powerful. You are capable. You are strong. You are beautiful. This shift ain't got shit on you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it reminded me of uh, like a really old episode of Family Guy where Quagmire is uh, meditating and goes, I can be giggity. I can be goo. I can be giggity. I can be goo. I was trying to go ASMR, but it came off as more like Joe Biden from behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Your hair smells delicious. <laughs> I think we just spiked the anxiety again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ariel. Sorry for saying the J word on your show. <laughs> Which J word? Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I, um, uh, yeah, politics. Those things are happening. I'm going to be starting to talk a lot about politics on my other channel. On Jimmy Snow, what do you know? Subscribe now. Uh, and also, yeah, reminder to people, this on Monday-ish probably <laughs> will be available on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play and something called Stitcher, which once again, 
I have not confirmed exists, but I take it on good authority that 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 exists. Uh, Mystic Magic, thank you. Cassie Netstout, loving all the facial hair I'm seeing today. Nobody, nobody in this world pulls off that mustache better than Tanner does. This specific one. Several people have tried it on, and it just. I, this is it's where it kind of on. yours. It's your mustache, I feel. For the it's rest full, of my it's life. It's fully animated. It, it jumps off and, you know, wiggles around and comes around. back on in the morning. I don't One know what it gets up to at night. <laughs> somebody watching right now has the ability to make that video happen, and I really hope you'll do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Mystic Magic, thank you very much. Oh, I already said that. I got behind. Uh, Amber Blackwell, I've been thinking about outing my atheism and my gender advice. Love from a closeted trans girl atheist. I watch all your videos and they help me so much. Love to Zelf on the Shelf too. Um, Thank you. So they, they want advice on coming out with both their atheism and their gender at the same time, I guess. Wow. Uh, what, uh, what advice would you give? Oh, um, I would do it on a weekend. So you have a time off to process people's responses and things It can be really overwhelming to come out as either of those things. Yeah. Um, I would avoid feeling like you have to explain more than you do in your post. Like, don't feel like you have to argue with anyone, convince anyone, um, because part of like coming out of any sort of closet is letting go of the need to like, be approved by other people and there's just always going to be people who don't understand who don't get it and you just at some point have to say like this is my life and and that's where the bravery of coming out comes in um those are two things i'd say yeah also make sure that if you're coming out to family that it's not family you're reliant on if you're worried that they are going to cut you off in some way that will have some huge burden on your life if that is something that you is possible to happen have a backup plan in place, a different place to stay, either temporarily or perhaps permanently from there. And I've been recommending more and more because it seems like it's it's been working out for people uh, who have emailed me and told me they took the advice. Have a mediator. Have somebody else with you. Don't just do, especially like with me and my family, there's already so much you versus your parents. That was true of me. Uh, uh, th there was already so much conflict with me and my family growing up that trying to come out as anything is just immediately conflict. So if you can have somebody there, especially that the family knows and respects, that they know and they're basically there to help and assist you, and also your parents would be a little embarrassed just being complete douches in front of, or family or whoever else, uh, I think that can be extremely useful. I think that's really good advice. Thanks. Still from now on. Do it. I steal so much of the things you all say. I'm, I'm positive <laughs> I don't even know every time I do it because I've been following your, your everything for years now. Uh, Emery, Tanner's aesthetic is my goal when I start tea. Tanner's aesthetic should be everybody's goal all the time. I My aesthetic is like old woman, old Mormon woman from Draper because <laughs> that's where I'm. All, all my clothes are coming from this Draper Savers, so... So not if it's coming from the Draper Savers, it's it's Mormon woman from Draper from five to fifteen years ago. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Not modern <laughs> Draper woman. No. Uh, thank you, David. You, Llewellyn? Llewellyn? 
one of those. There's two double L's in, in the last name, but they're in different places in the way they're, I don't know. Thank you, David. Uh, some people, I, when I'm just saying thank you, it means they didn't leave a message. Sideshow Kaz stuff, that primary mission song gives me nightmares. Um, oh, we tried this when we saw each other. Let's try again. Do you want to do you want to do the bread or the water? See if we can recite. Oh dear. Uh, let me. I'll try the bread. Okay. Uh, oh my God. We had, how did the guy even no. start? <laughs> you already messed it up. <laughs> it's, oh God, the Eternal Father. Uh, yeah. Dear Sky Daddy. <laughs> oh God, the oh, I get close to the microphone. Oh God, the Eternal Father. We ask thee in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the body of thy son and always remember him and keep his commandments, which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen. May the force be with you. Now let's start our, now let's start our um, lesson on no vain repetitions. Uh, let me see if I can do the water. The water's pretty close to the same. I think I would have had a better chance doing the bread because I think that's the one we did together when you were here. That's why but, I it. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured as much. <laughs> let me, uh, now, uh, I do remember sometimes trying to like, I've always liked doing voices and things. And I do remember doing things where I'd like get away with saying the oh God part a little funny. So sometimes I'd cough right before I'd go down and clear my throat. <clears> oh <throat> God. And if literally... <laughs> And so then, <laughs> the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this water to the souls of all those who drink of it, or to the souls of all those who, yeah, drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may always have the force to be with them. I don't remember the yeah. let's, uh, It was, uh, uh, let's see, water, sacrament, yeah. prayer. We do it in the blood of which was shipped with them uh, and always him again that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy son which was shed for them that they may witness unto thee O God the eternal father that they do always fuck I lost it uh, that they do always remember him that I think they that may have his spirit to be with them amen was the witness unto thee yeah you forgot the witness unto thee also I think Damn it. It's uh, in remembrance of the body of thy son and witness unto thee, O God, the eternal father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy son and always remember him and keep his commandments, which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen. And then, O God, God the eternal father. Honor that prayer. <laughs> no. If one word is wrong, it does not count. We have to start. What Tanner's talking about is if you ever messed it up, one of the bishopric would come over and tap you and say, you got to start over. Or you would realize you did it yourself and you would just start over. Uh, and so anybody with a stutter. And it was like terrifying to be, you know, before a congregation of a hundred plus people and try to recite this thing perfectly. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've heard stories from people who had like stutters and impediments that they're like, their bishop was just like, listen, just keep doing it until you get it right. It's more important that way. And eventually one day you'll be able to do it easy. And they're just sitting there like, you're not a fucking speech therapist. Who the fuck do you yeah. think you are? Yeah. No, we had some bad times with that. <sighs> when I have grown a foot or two. Sideshow cast stuff. Oh, that was the one we just did. Dale Bowen. 
B1. I, I swear, half of you are just sending super chats to make me try and... Uh, uh, you want me to to suck at names. I'd love to tip more, but you don't have a Bitcoin address listed anywhere. Any chance of fixing that? Funny enough, yes. Uh, uh, someone has just sent me like crypto wallets, these like hardware ones. So once I get them all set up and reset and things and on the off chance that somebody trying to steal from me, uh, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll have a uh, crypto uh, financial things going here soon. I, I should have done it already because people would have probably been more prone to donate like in the past months when it wasn't doing so good, but now a lot of things are going up. And so anyway, Vandy says Tanner for best hair. I, I don't know what to do with it. I say we just <laughs> put our hairs together when you come to visit this weekend uh, or when you with come to move here this weekend. Combined, oh yeah. We are Captain Air. Exmo Lex, uh, too poor to give more this time, but love you both. P.S. Tanner looks regal today. Uh, Exmo Lex uh -huh. is also getting started with a channel of her own. She uh, she comes from from Mormonism as well. Um, yeah. Right on. We need more Exmo YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it was like until until I showed up, it was like just you two. It was just you and Samantha. <laughs> And then, like, there were some people who, like, also did other stuff and would put out their YouTube yeah. video as well. But it was mostly, like, podcasts putting it out on YouTube, too. Um, there, Yeah, we can always use more. Megan Marine, thank you. Wallace Devana, thank you. Uh, Lucy Fur, Dale Nightbird, if religious texts were rewritten, most interesting story. Ammon from the Book of Mormon, who cuts off the arms of... How many, how many people, how many Lamanites did he fight? Many. It was, there was Quite like a, a number. Like, yeah. Yeah. He basically. Like too many, in fact. <laughs> way too many. He, so there's this guy called Ammon. And can you imagine if someone like the guy, the guy who did 300, if he actually animated Ammon cutting off all of those Lamanite arms? Like that would be just been so basically the story of Ammon is to go prove like that he's uh, a good enough for this king to listen to. He goes out to fight this king's enemies, uh, and he literally uh, let's say it's two hundred. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's just him versus say two hundred Lamanites, and he cuts off all of their arms in battle, just <laughs> him. So it would literally be some like Matrix ass shit, just. <laughs> tons of slow mo, tons of something that is physically impossible. Like you may, as well, impossible. you may as well just had it be like he held up his sword and then all of their arms fell off. And then, <laughs> then he gets done and he bags the arms. <laughs> he puts them all in a bag and he brings them back to King Lemuel. Was it? No. What was the king's name? Do you remember? Lamoni. Lamoni. King Lamoni. And uh, that's probably the coolest story in the Book of Mormon. What about you? Yeah, that one. That one is pretty dope. Um, yeah. I think that's that was like every boy's favorite story because it was just like senseless, gratuitous violence yeah. <laughs> owned yeah. by God. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, uh, Nephi crafts a bow out of silver before crafting such weapons and Eel. dealing. Out forging steel. right you're right you're right out <laughs> of steel <laughs> a steel a steel bow before refined steel and all that shit even existed um 
and just builds a Actually, bow. No, now that I'm thinking about it, he had a steel bow already in his possession, and then he broke it because he was so strong, and then he made one out of wood. I swear there was a silver bow somewhere and all. Maybe it was a sword. I don't know. Here's what I do remember. So our brother thinks he can build a ship. <laughs> Nephi. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man. We talked about it a little bit when you were here, but I really want to do where we take one of those Book of Mormon cartoons and you, me, and Samantha replace all the voice acting with our own. We just dub over it. Oh, that would be so fun. I actually... She- uh, my my parents are good friends with the guy who does the voices and hearing him do it was like the funniest thing. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. <laughs> we we quoted that all growing up even like even in the church we made fun oh, of those yeah. voices. So our brother thinks he can build a <laughs> ship. Yeah. To this day uh, anytime I drink wine, pour the wine. <laughs> the so the worst part is when we do that, we're going to be fighting over who gets to do the voice of Layman. Of oh, course. Well, I'll yeah. be Lemuel, yeah. <laughs> well, was that one Lemuel? I, they were both just like annoying as fuck, yeah. Well, just for that specific line, all three of us will do the voice at the same time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and we'll put a caption on. We couldn't, we couldn't agree on who should do this one. Uh, anyway thank you very much Lex thank you Megan Marine thank you oh I I keep going back to the ones that I keep doing that bad Uh, Mabity Babity says baptize via bidet this is back when we were talking about baptizing you at my house Uh, while you were here the two of you didn't stop by my studio or my house and if you had stopped at the house you would have gotten to try I have a wonderful patron who purchased me a bidet it's real fancy It's the greatest thing. It has to be like a Catholic-style baptism, just a squirt across the head. It's Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, And it'll need to be the entire experience. So before we go out, before you try it out, like eight hours prior to that, we need to take you for some really spicy food so that you can really feel why a bidet makes all the difference in the world. Gotcha, gotcha. Brittany Morgan says, full phrase, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. The family you find has a stronger bond than your genetics, which is funny because they'll also still try and force you to uh, uh, be forgive members of your family who abused you and, and things of that nature. They will still try and force you to hold to your biological family. Uh, and they, yeah without having any insight or knowledge to what's actually going on there. Uh, Indigo Hanahan, cheers to Adam and Cameron for getting married this month. This month, Congratulations, Adam and Cameron. I'm not certain who you are, but I'm excited for your marriage. Congrats. Question for Tanner. Love y'all's channel. Have watched all the videos. Do you identify as hetero or are you just ooper duper cool straight peep? In a good mood today and excited about San Diego Pride going with 10 peeps. Or do you identify as not hetero is the question. Or do you, or are you just super duper cool straight peep? Um, I identify primarily, the primary label I like to use is pansexual. Yeah. Um, but sometimes used bisexual, sometimes queer. Um, Wait, so what? you're attracted to pans and that's why... <laughs> I created this shirt. Actually, it was designed by uh, uh, the same person who designed my logo. It's not about cookware. Available in the merch store now. Uh, Let's see. 
I used to, anybody who followed us on Instagram and saw our Q&A together would have known that you got a lot more spice than hetero in your life. We got a lot more spice. I, <laughs> I love the ways, the, the emotes of your face. Uh, <laughs> Spencer Guru, Guru King. I used to be United Methodist. Now I'm pagan. I love your videos. You're awesome. They're awesome. You should cover the Amish and Mennonites at some point. I want to hear what you think about them. I, I want to cover them too. I can't find their websites. <laughs> thank you thank you i should i should close it here but we have a few more <laughs> ashlyn siabhan siab sio okay i grew up in a strict christian family as much as I identify with the things you say i can't get rid of the fear that has built up over the last 21 years this channel has been helping me though specifically go find my video that's titled something like how to get over religious guilt uh it it worked really well for me it's too long to really explain here but it worked really well for me but a lot of us have that guilt of fear of hell all those things and it takes some time to get rid of but you can get rid of it ashley merrill needed this community day lonely as hell love you guys and your brains hi ashley ashley is a friend of mine she's a lovely lovely person um Amber, yes yes i think i i think because i i was talking a little i think that your message got gargled by my Mike, so go ahead and, and retake your encouraging words for Ashley. Here I go. Love you, Ashley. <laughs> oh, I, th I don't know why I thought I heard way more than that. <laughs> I also got these like thumb spots on my face. I'm trying to get it in just like the right pattern. Ah, you've attained enlightenment. Yes, the third eye here. That's perfect. Or maybe like a uh, teardrop. There you go. Yeah. Oh, oh now I'm sad. <laughs> Amber Blackwell says, you're both super cute, by the way. I know. We should end oh. up together. Uh, Spencer Guru King, I just had to make it weird. Also, please do the Josh voice from the last video and say, I say translate rights or something similar. It will make my night. <clears throat> hey, Josh Fierstein here. I say trans rights. I don't know what, what the meaning of that sentence is, but hey, Josh Fierstein here. You know, the other day I had an atheist call me an idiot, moronic, and stupid because of the words I say. Uh, <laughs> Liam Scaife says, if you haven't read it already, I highly recommend the book. I am not Esther by Fleur Beale. We have a real closed off cult in here in New Zealand called Gloria Vale. Look it up. It's pretty crazy. I will look that up because that, first of all, I would, I would love to cover a New Zealand cult. Everybody talks like this. <laughs> you got, you got to, you got to find the way. Well, that was a little weird, but <laughs> Kevin Casey. So weird question. Does the church have a stance on magic? The gathering gathering as an avid player since childhood. I'm curious how it would have affected that aspect of my personality. Well, you wouldn't have been able to play it on your mission. My parents outlawed Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time because of the I images on the cards, but they ultimately gave up on it. Uh, but there's not like an official position as far as I know of any of that. They're not like, they all read Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah. I've never heard anything about it. I never played magic, the gathering though. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I imagine there are individual parents who get uppity about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Tiffany, this video saved me an hour plus of being preached to by my dad as I'm stuck in the car with my family on my way home from Tennessee. Thank you, guys. I am so sorry you are in that situation. I'm glad we could give you some relief. 
Meredith Navin says, every time I hear the word missionary, I definitely never think of a person knocking on doors. They're knocking, but not on doors. Oh, I think we might be talking about the missionary position. That could be. Their position on drinking, their position on, no, I'm just trying to ruin everything. Artful Jackalope says, I'm pagan, still love your videos so much. Would you recommend trying to have a conversation with missionaries who come to your door or not bothered? Uh, I made a video actually called something like how to talk to Mormon missionaries. And it's basically either don't, or if you're going to, and like, say you just want to waste their time, educate yourself a little on the CES letter. Uh, and I, I include some specific fun talking points. Kimika Howard, free super chat. Take my money. Thank you. Jacob Kilpack, thank you for bringing up the Elder Ballard thing. That pissed me off. On my mission, I heard that idea from literally everywhere. Bishops, stake presidents growing up, MTC teachers, apostles, mission presidents, etc. It's bullshit. Jacob's amazing too, by the way. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that is that is so much of the stuff. Also, like I, I made that timeline, which is now, I think it ended up being in three or four parts by the end of it. It was at least three. It might have been four. All of those things that are like the timeline of, of anti-LGBTQ+, anti-GRSM stuff, all of that they now just deny ever happened. No, the, the church was never homophobic, even though they're still actively homophobic. Thank you, Misfit Muse. Thank you, the Blue Dragon 777. Thank you, Alexander Fobb. Lexus Hyde, you are both beautiful people. Love you both. Thank you, MikeMan7918. I'm also an ex-Mormon pansexual guy with long hair. Wallace Divana, I figured out how to put a message. You said my name right. I'm impressed. I hope I said it right the second time. Uh, Aspen Cosplay, I too am an atheist in Utah. Live right next to a Mormon church. Thank you both for being so vocal about the cult. Also, hair goals, both of you. Thank you, Aspen Cosplay. I've worked with so many cosplayers in my time that it's nice to meet a nice one. No, I'm kidding. There's lots of nice ones. Um, <laughs> Black Swan says, Jimmy, I sent you a package, but I lost the tracking info, so I don't know if you got it. I made you something with the pan colors. Did you get it? I think so. Let me see if it's... These are the two pan color things that they're on my set now. Uh, you can kind of see wow. them in the background, but yeah. Yeah, both of these. Amazing. This is a pyramid made out of resin, and this is a pansexual whale. I think it says... Amazing. Pansexual whale. Anyway, uh, I'm almost done here. Uh, Amber Amber Blackwell, spice in the pan, but um, yep, you're right. I did say spice earlier. Uh, Dragnot Silvis missed a lot. Did we discuss magic underwear? Not today, but we will another time. Lucy Fur, my week has been shit. I've laughed through this. Thank you. This is a lot of fun for me too. Thank you, Misfit Muse. Let me see if there are any others. Nope, it looks like that is it. We have come to the end almost perfectly on time, only three minutes late, but I think we started two minutes late too, so it all kind of balances out. Tanner, why don't you end this out by telling everyone where they can find you, uh, uh, what, what y'all do, where they can find you, all, all that stuff, and then y'all can hear the music one last time, and the show will be over. Oh, well... Again, thanks for having me, Jimmy. Always mm -hmm. a pleasure to be interacting with you. Um, you can find us on uh, YouTube da, da, at on the Show. Okay, I had to. That was, <laughs> that was a callback. That was a callback to earlier. Sorry, go ahead. Amazing. I'm sure everyone is feeling the spirit now. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Let me grab my shaker or my... Uh... <laughs> um, you can find us uh, on YouTube, Zelf on the Shelf. 
or on our website, zelfontheshelf.com. Also, Twitter, Instagram, Zelf on the Shelf. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. Anywhere go, there's things, there is Zelf on the Shelf. <laughs> go follow. They are amazing. They're always getting even better, and they deserve the entire world. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget, uh, say say you didn't catch the whole show and you want to listen to it later. This will be up on Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, if it exists. Well, this was supposed to start the music over. Hang on. There we go. Ah. Uh. You can throw in some uhs too if you want, Tanner. Hey. Uh. Oh God! The Eternal Father. We ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and fight, bless and sanctify this dick. That would be funny. And you want to know what confidence is Dominance when you think about who you really are Embrace it and take it with open arms That's how you get there, how you win So allow it in What you got to lose I did not hear what you said Come as you are unapologetically Someone wrote this song for you Yeah No matter what you got to offer It's awesome I'm Jimmy Snow, Mr. Atheist Was not my father it's not, it's not in sync when I try to sing along, which is the real tragedy here. You'll get there, it'll get there. <laughs>